Hi there, I'm Sue Elvis from the blog Stories of an Unschooling Family. Welcome to my podcast. This is episode 149. And today, I'm sitting here by myself. All my girls are busy. Actually, three of them are at work. So I'm having to record this podcast on my own, and it feels rather strange sitting here and speaking to myself. I haven't done that for quite some time. Anyway, what am I going to talk about today? I thought I would make this a catch-up podcast, because as you know, I haven't made a podcast for a few weeks. There's been a lot going on around here, lots of things that I want to share with you. For example, I want to give you an update on my unschooling books. And then we have some family news, some new things that my girls are doing. And I guess the big topic of the day will be homeschool record keeping. Because Gemma Rose had her very last homeschool registration visit a couple of days ago. I presented my Evernote records And maybe you would be interested in hearing how that visit went. Did we have any problems? Well, we didn't. But I'm going to tell you more about that later in this episode. Yes, as I have just said, three of my girls are at work. Imogen, Sophie and Gemma Rose. Yes, my daughter Gemma Rose, who is 15, has just started working. She's got her very first job. That takes some getting used to. My baby is going out to work. Now, Gemma Rose has always looked towards her older sisters, has always wanted to do what they're doing. I think that she has grown up a little bit too fast. And one of the things that she really wanted to do was get her first job. Even before she turned 15, she was saying to me, Mom, how do I go about getting a job? I want to work like the other girls. And so I found out about tax file numbers and all that kind of thing. And yes, she started looking for a job. With Sophie's help, she put together a resume and they went along the streets in town. And Jim Rose went in and out of all the cafes, handing out her resume. She also went to a hairdresser close by and she just went in asked the hairdresser if there was any chance that she could get some work as a junior the hairdresser was very impressed with her but couldn't actually take her on because she has just taken over the business and she just hasn't got the money at the moment for an extra member of staff but that doesn't matter because Gemma Rose found a job in the same cafe that Sophie works in Sophie didn't ask for a job for Gemma Rose, Gemma Rose actually applied online. She saw the job advertised, asked Sophie for some advice, and then she emailed off her resume. And she was called in for an interview, which went very well, did a trial day, and now she's got some work. Of course, at the same time, Gemma Rose is still unschooling. This is just a part-time job though I think her employer would like her to work more hours than she's willing. She just wants to do two shifts a week, just get a little bit of money, a bit of experience, but also have a lot of free time for herself. And I think this is very important because, yes, she's only 15. Sophie started work at at 15 as well, and it didn't take very long for work to overtake her free time. Soon she was trying to squeeze her photography and and her videography and all the things she's really interested in into very few hours of the week. Not that she has any regrets. All the work has been very good for her. She's moved from job to job and got lots of experience and now she's studying a certificate in fitness and she would like to go on and get a job in a gym. But yes, It's a new stage of life when a child gets a job. Those long, empty days where we could fill with whatever we like, they're limited. Suddenly, Gemma Rose has commitments. She has to look at her roster to see what she's going to be doing the next week, and then we have to work around that. I guess it's good in some ways. 
But yeah, it's going to take a little bit of getting used to. And I want to make sure also that she doesn't get overloaded. I don't want her to get overtired and to regret the fact she is working because she hasn't got time for the things that she loves doing. But anyway, that's what Gemma Rose is doing. I was talking to her in the car this morning as I was driving her to work. Yeah, driving her to work. I seem to spend a lot of time in the car these days, dropping girls off at work, picking them up, doing all the normal things. But anyway, when we're in the car together, it does give us a chance to talk. And Jimora seemed really happy, and I said to her, your life has become really interesting lately, hasn't it? You've started doing a few new things. Yes, it's become exciting. And she grinned at me, and I think that she is really enjoying this new stage of life. Life is opening up. It's more than just staying home and doing the usual things. Of course, Jimora's new stage of life means that I've got more free time and I'm not spending so much time with my girls, which is hard in a way, hard to adjust to. Yes, for the last 27 years, I've been available for my girls and earlier also for my boys. I have done my own work around the needs of my children. And all of a sudden, I've got a few spare hours and I haven't got to think about what I'm doing with my children, I'm thinking, well, what am I going to do until I next have to get in that car and drive into town and pick the girls up from work? I guess I will enjoy this when I've got used to it. But yes, I know that my children still need me, but soon they will need me in in a different way. So it's just as well I've got a few ideas about the next stage of my own life Though Gemma Rose will be unschooling with me for a couple of years yet, as I said, she's only 15, and there's still so much that I would like to do with Gemma Rose to share with her, to encourage her along with her own learning. Working in the cafe is not going to be the focus of her life, just a good part of her life. One thing that I've noticed about Gemma Rose recently is her confidence. She hasn't been afraid to go into cafes and the hairdresser and ask for a job. She hasn't been afraid to be interviewed. Just before her first interview, I remember saying to her, Jim Rose, would you like me to go through possible interview questions with you? We can pretend that you're being interviewed and you can practice your answers. Jim Rose said, no, thank you, mum. And I said, well, are you sure that it will help you on the day? You'll be more prepared. But that's not Gemma Rose's way, and so I didn't persist. But I did think at the back of my mind, how's she going to get on? Well, she got on fine. I think sometimes we judge our children by our own experiences. And I know at 15, I had no confidence. I would have been really nervous about doing some of the things that she's doing. But I guess that's unschooling, isn't it? Our kids haven't had to go through the school system. They don't have all those voices echoing in their heads that say they're not good enough. They have been allowed to be themselves. And that gives them confidence. They go out into the world. They have a fair idea of who they are. They don't think about failing. They have determination and drive if they want to do something. They find a way of doing it. Well, this is what I found with Gemma Rose. It has been really lovely watching her applying for jobs and then getting her very first job. Most people think that Gemma Rose is shy because she's very quiet. At least she's very quiet until you get to know her. Like all of us, she's an introvert. But when she's comfortable, she is a very outgoing. She has a wonderful sense of humour. She has a very quick wit. And if you have ever watched any of our behind-the-scenes music videos, you will know Gemma Rose's personality. Yes, she's very dramatic. One other thing that Gemma Rose has been doing recently is going to the gym with Sophie. Sophie has been doing the practical assignments for her fitness certificate. 
This has involved doing, I think, 40 hours of practical work at a gym under the direction of a personal trainer. And the gym in town, that's where she's been going. She has enjoyed the practical immensely. But part of the practical has been supervising exercise classes. And up to this point, Sophie had never done an exercise class. She knows all about going to the gym, and she has done a lot of exercise classes online. And she has bought a lot of exercise programs as well that she has done by herself using the computer. But going to an exercise class with other people, yes, that has been a new experience. An experience that she has enjoyed. Well, Sophie told Jim Rose about these exercise classes and said, why don't you come along with me? And to our surprise, Jim Rose said, yes, she'd like to try a class. So they set off one day. Well, they didn't set off. I drove them. I drove them to the gym. And they went upstairs to the gym to do a hit class. And I went downstairs from the gym to the cafe, which is underneath. And this so happens to be the cafe where my daughter Imogen works every afternoon. You might know that she works in the cafe to support herself while she is writing young adult novels. So I sat in the cafe and I did some work, some work on my unschooling books actually, while the two girls were upstairs doing the hit class. And I wondered how Gemma Rose would get on. Would she enjoy it? Because she's a runner. We usually run before breakfast every day, but she'd never done anything like this before. Well, at the end of the class, she came down and she had a huge grin on her face. And I said, is that something you would like to do again? And she said, yes. So now Sophie and Gemma Rose have bought a family membership between them. And they're going to various exercise classes together. And I guess this is another aspect of my life that has changed. Now I'm driving into town to take two girls to the gym. And while they're busy, I'm sitting down below drinking coffee and working. I have thought about going into town and maybe running around the lake while the girls are exercising. But so far, I haven't done that. I've gone for my run before I've gone to town with the girls so that there has been no need to think about my own exercise. I just had that quiet hour to sit there and do some work, which is fun. So Gemma Rose is doing exercise classes. I never thought that would happen. Gemma Rose is working. I thought that would happen, but I didn't foresee it so soon. Yes, sometimes our children are surprising. I guess it's all about doing things on their own time when they're ready to do things. Because you might know the story about how Gemma Rose has been entering fun runs. Last November, she did a 10-kilometer fun run, and she did the same race the year before, but that year she entered the 5K category. But it took me a long time to persuade her to do a fun run. I, I wasn't trying to push her into it, but I thought she might enjoy it. And so I, periodically, I would make the suggestion, would you like to compete? Would you like to run with other people? Maybe you would enjoy it. And she kept saying, no, mum. No, thank you, mum. I'm quite happy running with just you, running with the girls, running down the bush. That's enough for now. But one day she said, yes, she would like to branch out and compete. She made that decision when she was ready. So sometimes I think that we can see that our kids have talents or interests. And we'd like to push them a little bit further. Maybe you would like to do this or that, extend that interest, whatever it is. And our kids say no, but it doesn't mean that one day they won't say yes. I guess we shouldn't keep pushing or nagging. One day we might make the suggestion again and they will say yes. Or they have some suggestions of their own. Can you help me do this, mum? Can you help me do that? Yes, all in our kids' timetables. So I've got one more thing to tell you about Gemma Rose before I tell you about my unschooling books. What I'd like to tell you about is our last homeschool registration visit. Yes, we are unschoolers, but we are also registered homeschoolers. Here in New South Wales, Australia, 
our homeschool children have to be registered with the education department and they have certain requirements that they have to fulfill for their applications to be approved. Uh, in this state, the requirements are quite formidable and some people might not think it's possible to unschool and also be a registered homeschooler. Well, I think it is possible to be both because that's exactly what we've been doing for many years. I found a way to fulfill the requirements as well as not make my kids do things that they don't want to do, things that, that they are not interested in. I mean, that might not sound very good for people who don't understand unschooling. Shouldn't children do things that they don't want to do? Well, they do, but they choose the things that they don't want to do. They have self-discipline. They are hardworking. But some of the things that the education department wants them to do, those things aren't relevant to their lives. And I see no reason to force them to do them because learning doesn't happen very well under those circumstances. Children have to be engaged. Learning can only go on if we have their cooperation. Forcing kids to learn things that aren't relevant to them, that they aren't interested in, that they feel they have no need to know, that sort of learning isn't real learning. As soon as they can, they will let go of that kind of learning. As soon as the homeschool people have been and seen that they've done this, that or the other, it has all been ticked off, they won't see a need to retain that knowledge. That knowledge was only gained for a certain purpose. So I have refused to make my kids do things just because they need to be registered as homeschoolers. You might already know some of the things that we've been doing. I have been using Evernote to keep our homeschooling records. It is a wonderful system for capturing all the learning experiences that our unschooling children are having. It showcases unschooling really well. So we don't have workbooks. We probably don't have essays. Maybe we don't have maths problems. We don't have all the usual things that structured homeschoolers and school kids have to show that they are learning or to show that they are being taught maybe. So what do we do if we don't have the usual things to present to the education department at registration time? How can we prove that our kids are actually learning? Well, Evernote is a wonderful system. Using Evernote, I've been able to clip all the videos that we've watched together, all the documentaries, the movies, whatever, all the audio things that we've listened to. I've been able to add photos to my notebook. I've been able to import articles from the internet. I've copied and pasted book covers of books we've read together, DVD covers, all kinds of things. I've recorded conversations. I'm sure that there is a way of capturing every single learning experience of our unschooled kids using Evernote. And using this system, we can make all our notes look very impressive. We can label them with the required educational language, science, creative arts, maths, whatever is expected. We can label all our notes so that we can find them again easily. Of course, we can label them with the educational subjects, but we can also add other labels like drawings and outings, maybe our child's name, so that we can search through our notes. I don't just search through my notes when I'm presenting them at a homeschool registration visit. Sometimes it's good to scroll back and just remember all the wonderful things that we've been doing as a family looking at all the book covers and following links back to videos and looking at all the photos and rereading our conversations. I think that our Evernote Homeschool Records notebook is actually a family journal. I haven't minded keeping homeschool records ever since I started using Evernote because I'm keeping these notes not just for the education department but for our family as well. Yes, they're full of memories, a journal, something worth keeping. So before every registration visit, I have to make sure 
that I've got evidence that my daughter, Gemma Rose, has been learning, learning all the things that the education department requires. I've also got to have a plan ready so that our authorised person or AP can look at the plan and knows that we have a good idea of the direction that Gemma Rose's education will be taking in the next year or two. Also, that plan has to take into account the fact that any learning Gemma Rose does is supposed to be based on the school syllabus. What they're learning in schools is what she should be learning. Now, that doesn't sound possible, does it, for an unschooler? But it is. I've got a way around that. And the third thing that the AP expects to see is progress notes. Is Gemma Rose actually learning? So I got my letter in the post. It said that Gemma Rose's period of registration was due to run out in May. And if we wanted to reapply for registration, could I fill in another application, send it off to the education department? And if I didn't want to extend our registration, then please notify them of the school that Gemma Rose will be attending. Well, of course, she's not going to be attending school. I filled out that form and sent it back the very next day. Now, years ago, I might have taken two weeks or more trying to put together a plan and all, everything else that's needed for a homeschool registration visit. I might have panicked a bit. How am I going to prove that she's learned all this and that and that we've got the next couple of years all planned out. How am I going to work that in with unschooling? But since I've been keeping Evernote notes, my records have been up to date every day, and I didn't really have to do any work. I just sent that form in the next day, and within a couple of weeks, our AP, she rang me up and arranged to come out, and she came out last Wednesday, two days ago. And she has seen my Evernote notes before, We've had the same AP for the last 10 years, and I think the last three visits I've presented Evernote notes. So she's familiar with my system. She didn't actually look through many of my notes this time. I think that after 27, 26, 27 years of homeschooling, she knows that we know what we're doing. She's not looking for me to prove anything at all. She has confidence in us. She has to come out and see us, and actually, we enjoy her visits. We usually talk about a lot of other things other than Gemma Rose's work. Just share things about education in general, and also some things about our lives. She's not out to go through our notes with a magnifying glass, looking for places that we haven't covered, topics that we haven't done. I just briefly explained what we have been doing and what we will be doing. I said that I start with Gemma Rose's interests, all the things that she's passionate about. And then I channel that into homeschool records. I translate all those experiences into the right educational language. I label it all. I give everything titles so that it is very easy for her to see that Gemma Rose has done science, geography, history, maths, or English, all the things that are required. Then I told the AP that I add notes of everything that's going on around us, everything in our lives. There are so many things in our lives that we can label educational. I gave her a couple of examples. One day I saw a sign saying that we live in a coal-free shire. And I couldn't really understand that sign because we have a coal mine in our shire. Had the coal mine closed? What did it mean, coal-free? I knew that people had been petitioning to get rid of the mine. Had they actually been successful? So Gemma Rose and I started talking about this. Actually, we talked about it as a family. I did some Googling. I watched some videos. We read some articles. We all had some great conversations. And then I recorded everything in my notebook, and I gave it all the appropriate labels tags. I probably labelled all that as science and geography. I don't know what else. But that was one thing that happened in our life, something I noticed, that 
actually covered part of the school's syllabus without us even trying. This weekend, we have to vote. There's a state election. That is a wonderful opportunity of putting some notes in our homeschool records book because, of course, we're talking about the election. That's something that school kids have to learn about. We can record learning experiences that start with something as simple as a muesli bar wrapper. I've talked about this one before. We were out on a picnic and we were eating muesli bars. And as we were sitting at our picnic table, one of the girls started reading the label. What is lupin, mum? And I had no idea. It was an ingredient. We came to the conclusion that lupin must be something that people can form an allergy towards because there was a warning on the label. Anyway, when we got home, we all did some Googling and found out exactly what lupin is. And that was more science, but it was also PDHPE, Personal Development, Health and Physical Education. And why I labelled it as that was because we talked about allergies and how we've got to be very careful about what we eat. Some people have to read labels very carefully. So, recapping. I record everything that Gemma Rose is interested in. I record everything that's happening around us in our lives. We have to be curious people. We have to look very carefully because there are a lot of things in our everyday lives that we pass over. We don't even see. And we could be recording them in our homeschool records books. Every time we record something, it, that's one less thing we have to go looking for to fill the gap. Because, of course, there will be gaps. Gaps between what our children are doing and the things that we're doing together in our lives and what the education department requires, the things that are in the school syllabus. Yes, we're not naturally going to cover everything in the school syllabus, but we are supposed to cover everything. What do we do? Well, I told my AP that I am very familiar with the school syllabus, which is true. I have a notebook where I've got the syllabus for every single subject, all the things that Gemma Rose is supposed to be learning. And I periodically scroll through that notebook, having a look at what the kids in school are doing. And sometimes I try to find resources that will cover those things, that will entice Gemma Rose to learn about them. What I'm doing is looking for things to strew. Just because something is in a school syllabus doesn't mean it's not interesting. All the things in the school syllabus don't belong to the education department. They're all things that are in our world, all things that are potentially interesting. And sometimes when I'm scrolling through a syllabus, I do find things that I think, wow, I would like to learn more about that. Maybe Gemma Rose will as well. Of course, I don't want to learn about the topic in a schooly way, and Gemma Rose certainly wouldn't want to do that either. But we might want to watch a movie or a documentary or something else associated with the topic, which will give us a lead into that topic and which might entice either of us or both of us to learn more. Now, when I have found the resources that cover the school syllabus, or some of the school syllabus, I put them in a special Evernote notebook. I call it my unplanning notebook, but for the AP, I call it my planning notebook, and I give it a year. So I've got a notebook called 2019 Planning Notebook. I showed my AP this notebook and I scrolled through it and I told her that I'd had a look at the syllabus and I'd found some resources that covered various topics in the syllabus and here they were. There were links to videos and DVDs and books and articles and games and all kinds of things. Now I didn't try and cover the whole of the syllabus. I just told the AP that at regular intervals I just browse the syllabus looking for gaps and then I look on the internet, look around the house, whatever, 
for resources that will cover those gaps, the gaps between Jim Rose's interests and everyday life. And the AP was very happy with this system. I actually think she quite liked it. Now, I didn't promise that Jim Rose would use every single resource in that notebook. Actually, I didn't promise that she would use any of them. I just said that those resources are there for Gemma Rose to look at and that if she's interested in any of them, then we can move those notes into the current terms notebook. And that's what we do. Sometimes Gemma Rose browses the notebook and she says, hey, mom, there's a Shakespeare play here that looks interesting. Shall we watch that together? And then we do watch it. And then I just move that note from the planning notebook to this terms notebook. Very easy way of keeping records. Now, if the AP insisted that Jim Rose use all those resources, this is what I would say. I would say that we can't force kids to learn. All we can do is provide opportunities for learning. As I said earlier in this podcast, real learning needs the cooperation of a child. Just like a child can't be forced to eat, they can clamp their mouths shut. And it doesn't matter what we do, we could bribe, we could punish, we could threaten, we could do anything. And our child really could just refuse to open her mouth and eat. We can't force feed kids, even though many of us, I have done this before myself, before I learned better, try. So I guess a lot of people try to stuff knowledge into children's heads, but they can refuse to take it in. I think it's much better to listen to them and to wait until they see a need or they have an interest in something. But this doesn't mean that we can't tempt them with learning. And this is what my notebook is all about. Yes, I got very excited by some of the resources I found, the ones that I put into the planning notebook. So I see no reason why Gemma Rose couldn't get excited about them as well. She might not, and she might get excited about different ones from me, and that's quite okay. But I know she will use some of those resources. She will cover some of the school's syllabus because she chooses to. Yes, presenting opportunities for our children to learn. That's all we need to do. I present opportunities for my daughter to learn what's in the school syllabus, but I can't force her to learn it. I've done my part of the deal, and so I think the education department has to accept that. I talked about this with my husband, Andy. He's a school teacher. He knows all about forcing kids to learn. He knows he can't do it. He has to present his class with learning that might engage them, interesting things that might capture their attention. That's the best way of teaching. Yes, he has to present the school syllabus, but he has a lot of leeway on the resources he uses, even his own attitude, the way he can get the best out of children, how he can tempt them to learn, how how he can share his love of learning so that they love learning as well. But he said if he has a child who just refuses for some reason to learn, there's not a whole lot he can do about it. You can't force knowledge into a child's head, which is just as well really, isn't it? Everybody deserves respect. Everybody can make their own decisions about what goes into their minds. But that doesn't mean that we can't tempt our kids with learning. We can't share things that we're excited about. And I'm sure under normal circumstances, kids are curious people. They want to learn. And they can pick up on our attitude of excitement, of curiosity. And we can learn together. We can inspire each other. I feel very sorry for the kids at school who have lost that sense of curiosity who don't love learning, and you wonder how that came about. Can a good teacher rekindle that love of learning? Yes. Well, that's not my area, I guess, but these are things I talk about with my husband sometimes. 
Yes, we have a lot to talk about. He's a school teacher. We're both unschooling parents. So our visit last Wednesday, two days ago, went very well. Keeping Evernote records is a perfect way of showcasing unschooling. My notebooks were very impressive. I don't think that the AP could have failed to notice how much Gemma Rose is doing. And of course, she's not just covering the school syllabus. Well, she hasn't done everything in the school syllabus. We are not just fulfilling the requirements. Maybe that's a better way of putting it. She is doing some amazing things, things that school kids aren't doing, things that schools probably haven't even considered for kids, things that they might enjoy doing. And so our AP is always interested to see the sort of things that Jim Rose is doing, which she doesn't have to do as far as registration goes. Things like making music videos and doing the interviews for their behind-the-scenes videos. She's always interested in her creative things, her art, her novel writing. I mean, how many kids at school have to write a novel? None. But Gemma Rose writes at least three or four novels every year because she wants to, because she has the skills to do it, because that's what she loves doing. And our AP has always taken a big interest in that. She's always acknowledged that there is some fantastic learning going on inside our home. And I'm not telling you that so that you think, wow, what a wonderful family. They're all so clever. They're doing some amazing things. No, I tell you that because I want you to know that when our kids are allowed to learn what they need to know, what they want to know, when they have control over their education, they will do wonderful things. They're not limited by our ideas. They're not limited by the education department's ideas. All unschooled kids can do this, not just mine. Unschooling is a wonderful way for our kids to learn. So before our registration visit, I was saying to the girls, one more registration visit, and then our AP will never have to come and see us again. We'll move on to a new stage of our homeschooling lives. We'll no longer have to present evidence that Gemma's is fulfilling the requirements, as I said. I was excited about this before the visit. We only need to get through one more registration visit, I said, and then we're free. We have never had any problems with registration visits, so I wasn't really worried about the fact of getting through the visit, having to prove anything. I just thought that we just wouldn't have to bother with that anymore. So we finished the visit. Our AP said goodbye. We closed the front door. And I expected to feel very excited, but I didn't. I just felt very tired. And I thought about this later, and I thought, well, what is going to change? What is this new stage of our homeschooling lives? Will it be significantly different because we've had our last registration visit? And I decided life will not change. We'll just continue on as we've always done. Having no registration visits isn't going to make any difference at all. And this is because we've always homeschooled as we've wanted. We've always done what my kids have needed. We've always unschooled. Of course, in the early years, as you probably know, we did try a few other things. But for many years, we've been unschoolers, doing what we feel is best for our children. So when the AP left, it wasn't as if I said, right, I never have to do things I don't want to do ever again. I'd never have to tick off another box. I don't have to force my kids to do things I don't want to do. We're free. Because I haven't done any of that. We've always done what we've wanted to do. I've just been doing behind-the-scenes work that enables my kids to do what they need to do. Things like the Evernote record-keeping, keeping a planning notebook, having confidence to talk to my AP about what my kids need so that she knows 
that I've got the best interests of my kids at heart, that I know what I'm doing, that they know what they're doing, and that she has no need to worry that, that they're not getting a good education. So we got up yesterday, and life continued on. We went running before breakfast, as normal. We came home, had breakfast, showered, did the morning chores. Jimmeras practiced the piano. I went to have a haircut. We met up again at 10 o'clock and had a cup of coffee together. We sat down and watched a documentary. Then we watched something about Shakespeare, a behind-the-scenes video about the making of Hamlet. We had lunch together. Jimmeras then got changed and started painting because she's still decorating our house. She's moved on to our living room. She's painting it a lovely dark egg blue. And I opened my computer and started working on my unschooling books. Life yesterday was just like life the day before and the day before that. We just did the things that we enjoy, the things that we're interested in. We did a lot of learning. I was thinking about how I'm not obliged anymore to keep any homeschool records. Maybe that should excite me. Nobody will come back to check up on us. Nobody will scroll through my Evernote notebooks ever again. Nobody wants to look at them, except for me. And I'm tempted to keep on recording all the wonderful things that we're doing together as a family. I want to scroll back through those notebooks and see the videos, and see the photos, and the links to videos, read the conversations. I want to revisit these years of Gemma Rose's life. Yes, as I said earlier, it's like keeping a journal. And I'm tempted to keep doing that, keep adding to my homeschool records. But maybe I should change the names of my notebooks. They shan't be homeschool records anymore. They shall be the Elvis Family Journal. Maybe I won't add the school subject labels anymore. Science, maths, English. Maybe I'll think of some more creative titles for all the things that we're doing. So I think that's all I want to say about homeschool registration visits. I have written a number of blog posts about record keeping and Evernote. And you will find them on my blog stories of an unschooling family. I've also made a number of videos about record keeping and Evernote and they are on my YouTube channel Sue Elvis. I'll leave some links in the show notes just in case you'd like to follow up on either the posts or the videos. I think also I've made a few podcasts about homeschool records but I do remember the very first visit that we had when I used Evernote, I reported back to tell everybody what my AP thought about my Evernote records system. Yes, she was very impressed. And I shared all that with you in the podcast. And of course, I don't know the number of that podcast because I forgot to look it up. But yes, again, I'll put the link in the show notes. Well, one more thing that I want to talk about, and it's the thing that is responsible for me not recording podcasts for the last few weeks. Yes, my daughters have been busy. It's been hard to sit down and record podcasts with them, but I could have sat down by myself like I'm doing today, but I haven't. And it's not because I don't have things to talk about. No, the girls and I sat down and we made a long list of topics that we would like to talk about together and some that I could do by myself. I just haven't had any time. I have been working on these books of mine, my unschooling books. Yes, I know I've been working on them for a long time, but we're in the final stages. So for the last few weeks, I've been focusing on them alone because every time I start to write blog posts or make podcasts, I get distracted and the work on my books, it slows down. I know myself. I know that if I want to get something done, then I've got to focus my full attention, well, almost my full attention upon it. So I've been posting an occasional photo on Instagram. And apart from that, all I've been doing is writing these books. You will know that my daughter Imogen has been formatting the first book, Unschooling Book One. The title of that book is Curious Unschoolers. 
and she has finished formatting that book. She's up to the next stage. All I've got to do is read the whole thing through carefully and then write a blurb for the back cover of the book. And then we can upload all the files to Amazon and order a proof copy. It sounds like it's taking us a long time to do all this, but writing and publishing books does take a lot of time and effort. And I've been working in my small amounts of free time. Yes, I've had a few extra free hours the last couple of weeks while Gemma Rose has been working, but generally I haven't had a lot of free time. I've been focusing mostly on my girls, even just driving them places, doing things with Gemma Rose, talking to my other girls, encouraging them all along. Even though my children are older than most other people's children, yes, we're on the tail end of our homeschooling journey, even though we're still immersed entirely in our unschooling journey. Yes, I still have lots of things I have to do. Kids have different needs. And I do like to be available for all my kids, even the adult ones. But I digress. My unschooling books. Book number one, Curious Unschoolers, we're almost there. Unschooling book two, which is the one about radical unschooling, and I'm going to call it Radical Unschool Love, because I think love is the focus of the book. And radical unschooling is rather frightening for a lot of people. It has a very negative image. A lot of people criticize radical unschooling without realizing, I think, that at the foundation of radical unschooling is unconditional love. And that's the main point I want to make in the book. Well, I finished writing the book. What I'm doing at the moment is just going through it carefully, doing the final edits, just changing a word here or there, rearranging some of the stories, changing the titles. And soon what I'll do is I will compile all those stories together to form a document which I will proofread. Once I've gone through the proofreading stage, I will send that document to Imogen and she'll start formatting it for me, turning it into a real book. So that's where we're up to. Sometimes I get a little bit discouraged by the slow pace of this project. I'm tempted to give up, to say, well, look, it's not really that important. People have probably given up on me. I've been promising books for absolutely years and I haven't actually produced any. Perhaps I should just disappear. You know, it doesn't really matter. But we're on the final year stage now. Imogen keeps encouraging me, keeps telling me, keep on going, Mum, we're nearly there. It will be worth it in the end. So I hope if you read my books, you will feel that all the time and effort has been worth it as well. So this weekend, I'm hoping Zimogen and I will finish off Unschooling Book 1. We, want, we can't wait to order that proof copy. So I think that's all I want to share with you today. I was going to do some more of the final edits of my second Unschooling Book this afternoon. That's what I thought I should do. But then again, I thought it would be good also to do a catch-up podcast. We leave things too long. We forget the things that we want to share. Time goes by. People give up on us. And suddenly we think, well, it's too late now to go back and talk about that homeschool registration visit. I'm not excited about it anymore. I've forgotten all the details. So sometimes it is good to be distracted for a short time, to go and catch up with other things and then return to our projects with our full attention. So that's what I've done today. So I hope that some of what I've told you today has been helpful, especially the homeschool registration things. I did post on Instagram today. I've posted a photo of myself, which is unusual because I try and stay away from being in front of the camera. But anyway, that was brave of me. And with it, I put a caption about the homeschool registration visit. It's actually the second photo that I posted about the visit. I shared a few thoughts on Instagram, but not in so much detail as I've shared today. But I did pose the question, are there things that prevent you from unschooling? Is it a matter of having confidence and courage to dive into unschooling? Or 
do you think you cannot unschool because you also have to fulfill those terrible homeschool registration requirements? Perhaps you think that it is just not possible. Well, it might not be possible. I know that some countries have very, very strict rules and regulations about homeschooling, but Many of us can do more than we think we can. With some clever thinking, some good record keeping, we can actually unschool and homeschool at the same time. If only we share some ideas, encourage each other along, support each other, we can do things that we think aren't possible. So I pose that question. Is it time to think about that? Can I share some of my experiences with you? Would you like to unschool even though you are also registered homeschoolers? Because one of the things I was thinking about after our AP said goodbye and I sat down afterwards with a cup of coffee and thought about things, I thought that how would I feel if I was at the point where I was saying, well, now Jim Rose is 15, she's my last child, we can do whatever we like, now we will unschool. Think of all those wasted years. I might regret not trying to find a way to unschool. What would we be left with? I would have spent all those years doing something that was only second best. And the education department doesn't really care about what we've been doing with our kids as long as they can tick off their boxes. You know, if we hadn't done what our kids need, the education department, I can't ask them to answer for that. They're finished with us. They've ticked off their boxes. We're left with our kids and what we've been doing with them. Have we done what we really wanted to do with them? Or did we do what the education department wanted us to do when we could have done something else, something better? We can't always blame the education department. Sometimes there are things we can do, as I found out. So I have no regrets. I'm looking back thinking, I'm glad that I put all that effort into the behind the scenes things, all the record keeping. I had the confidence, if it was necessary, to stand up for my kids and say what we did was in their interests and what they needed. I would have fought for that, but in a gentle way, because I don't think always we need to go out there with our boots on. Sometimes all we have to do is show people what we're doing, present it to them in a way that they can understand, and their minds might be changed. They might agree with us. Unschooling is a wonderful way to bring up and educate children. Before I digress once more, I think I will say goodbye. You can find me on Instagram at Stories of an Unschooling Family, on YouTube at Sue Elvis, or on my blog, Stories of an Unschooling Family. If, if you would like, please leave a comment on Instagram or my blog. Share your experiences, ask a question, just say hello if that's all you would like to do. I would like to thank you for listening to this episode, episode 149. Until next time, next time I get my mic out and maybe sit here by myself or gather my children around us and have a discussion with them. Until that happens, I hope that you have some wonderful unschooling adventures. And until then, don't forget to trust, respect, and love unconditionally. Bye.